0: Marcus Morris handling the ball like he was a point guard. I watched him give the ball to Julius Randle. This brother was dribbling the ball up the damn court. First
1: team all defense. First team all defense. I don't know about this, but Rihanna just walked in front of me. Are you kidding me?
2: Welcome to a Thursday edition of the RotoWire NBA podcast. It's Thursday, November tenth. Nick Whalen. Here with Alex Barutha. Uh, Alex, we're going to do kind of a, a quick whip around episode. It'll be a little bit shorter uh, than our normal ones, but we'll try to hit a, a bunch of topics, jump around the league a little bit. We had a very busy Wednesday night in the NBA, a little bit of a smaller slate on Thursday. And uh, then, of course, the, the usual big slates on Friday and Saturday. Uh, you joined the RotoWire XM show last night, and we hit on a variety of NBA related topics, but we talked a little MVP. And we're about fifteen percent now of the way through the season, so still very, very early. But I do feel like in the NBA, more so than other sports, early on, you know, races like this seem to crystallize. And barring the obvious caveat of a serious injury, you, you kind of know who the guys are going to be. And you know, for using the DK sports book, for instance, Giannis, Doncic, Jason Tatum, those guys are kind of on their own tier. Uh, but but is there anybody else? You know, if we're talking guys with double-digit odds, you know, ten to one or higher. Uh, who really jumps out to you? Um,
3: I think, I don't know. I mean, you mentioned there are guys farther down the list, you know, Morant Curry. Um, I've heard some buzz about Donovan Mitchell. I, I think that's fair given where the Cavaliers are right now in the standings and how good they look. But I just worry he's going to kind of I don't know if he'd split votes be- between Garland but I think that's a lot of a team effort that's going on there um you know I don't I don't think Jokic is is someone who could win it and it's hard when I look further down the list like I just I don't really see too many guys past the Curry and Morant tier that I really like at all
2: yeah, I'm with you. First of all, on Mitchell, I I think he's the surprise of this group. I think everybody else you kind of expected to be in this race. Um, you know, certainly some numbers are, are more surprising than others. For example, Jokic, you know, sitting at 22 to one, off to a, a relatively slow start by Nikola Jokic standards. But Mitchell's kind of the odd man out for me, and he absolutely deserves to be in the race at this point. He's been that good. But this is also a guy who has never even received an MVP vote. In the past, um, you know, I, I don't know that he has necessarily gone a level up, you know, in terms of skill. I, I think for the most part, he's the same guy. He's been in a good situation. He's in a, a a situation that I think is more friendly to his game in terms of the guys around him. But yeah, I don't think there's a lot of value in betting Donovan Mitchell. And I, I don't even know if it's like a splitting votes thing. I, I think if the Cavs end up winning a ton of games and they're a top three seed, like he's going to be in the conversation. But uh, to me, that would be more of a collective effort from that team. And it's like, can you really see Donovan Mitchell? Having a better season than Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, John Morant, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, like I, I feel like for him the bar, the bar is higher. Like you know, some of those guys almost have like incumbent status.
3: One hundred percent. It's sort of like how Demar Derozan was in in the conversation last year, and obviously like the Cavs project to be better than the Bulls were last year. But yeah, you have to basically have just as good or nearly as good a seasons as these guys. And even if you do, people still have to feel comfortable. Like, Donovan Mitchell is putting up comparable numbers to, I don't know, Jason Tatum, but I'm going to vote Mitchell over Tatum, even though Tatum is, like you mentioned, more yeah. of the incumbent. So it's tough.
2: I, I think the Cavs would have to win 60-plus games for sure for him to be yeah. a real candidate. I mean, we might be talking like 65-plus if, if they really want yeah. this to happen, uh, which ultimately, you know, they're a very good team, but I don't think they're quite on that level either way i mean very much in the mix uh, you would think for an all nba spot is donovan mitchell um yeah i mean if you're looking for value here i you know like jokic at 22 to 1 like i wanted i want to bet that but it it just feels like he's a cross off it's felt like that's been the case you know anybody who wins two in a row it's it's just almost impossible to get a third and and he's you know not off to the best start for that Devin booker at 40 to 1 Maybe a little bit of value there with the Suns, you know, looking like there's they're still gonna be a very good regular season team. I think at this point he's clearly the guy there. You know, Chris Paul feels like he's taking a slight step back as he gets older. So you know, another situation where the team needs to be really, really good for him to be in the mix. Uh, the only other long shot I would I would really think about is Damian Lillard at 45 to one. And part of that is he's been on fire. I mean, when healthy, he's been fantastic. He's not gonna play tonight on the second half of a back-to-back. Uh, still just a few days removed from coming back from that calf injury. So that's understandable. But um, yet another team that, you know, it looks really good in the early going. I mean, if the Blazers keep this up, um, you know, again, they'll they'll need to win a ton of games for, for Dame to really be in the mix. But at least Lillard already has that status. You know, like I, I feel like Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, those guys have always kind of been tier two, tier three stars. Whereas Lillard's right there. Like he's he's been in the mix for for this award on the outskirts before.
3: Right. Like if it were close between those guys, people would lean Lillard. Uh, I agree agree with that. My problem is they're all kind of having the same season. And so they would, it would feel like they would sort of split votes. Like it'd be a race for second place or a race for third place. And, um, but if you're talking just value, you know, you never know what happens. Like any of these top guys can suffer an injury or or anything like that. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, 50 to one, I can't say that's like terrible odds.
2: No, no, it's, it's definitely not terrible odds uh, at this point. That is for sure. Um, I, I was about to break in and say that the Nets released Kyrie Irving. That is not the case. This is a fake Woj account that has like 10,000 retweets. Um, I, I think there are a lot of group chats uh, around the world right now that are discussing the release of Kyrie and, and not double checking. This This has been a nightmare, by the way. Uh, it was already tough enough like, to, to to discern sometimes like what's real and what's not. I got a push notification to my phone saying that Woj tweeted that Kyrie... Uh, it was released and it, I subscribed to Woj alerts. It was not that it was Twitter like suggesting this tweet because it's so, it's wow. so popular. I mean,
3: yeah, it, if it gets to the point where, cause people have been pers- impersonating accounts before the, the the catch was you had to kind of be verified to do that in the first place. And then it was more of a risk. Um, but yeah, I mean the fact that you're getting push notifications from Twitter, that's clearly just an algorithm. So that's, that's a problem. Um, either that or Twitter needs to find a better way to just like feature people's actual handles. Um, because the handle on that Twitter account that you're referencing is JT two, three, five, five, six. And it's like,
2: Oh, that's, is that not Woj's handle?
3: Right. It's like, you need like, (laughs) we're all, we also need to have some sort of media literacy, um, which is a problem. That's a problem that, um, maybe beyond this podcast.
2: Yeah, that's actually a good point by you. It would be fairly simple, just like switch the font sizes between those two when you click on a profile. You know, instead of having the 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 person's name have the handle, because that's obviously a lot easier uh, to decipher. Um, you know, I've I've really tried our best to steer away from talking about the Lakers on the show. It's it's personal for me. You know, it's really depressing. I watched the full game again that's last enough. night. It for people, you know, there are, there are probably a lot of people that follow the NBA and and you know look at box scores or you, you follow for fantasy like. People should be watching these Lakers games. Like it is, it's bad. It is comically bad. I, I think you know everybody likes joking about it. We we didn't really think they'd be that good going into the year. This might be one of the three worst teams in the league, and they have no way out uh, at this point, at least with the current roster. Um, you know, I was reading through there. There's a, a report from Chris Haynes in Bleacher Report today, uh, just kind of doing a uh, an assessment of where the Lakers are and talking about you know how many different decision makers are are not on the on the same page here. I just want to ask you, like, I don't I don't want to dig into like why the Lakers suck. That's pretty obvious, but like what is the actual move here? Like is it trying to get that Indiana package? Um, you know, is it trading Anthony Davis? Is it trying to do something with LeBron? Like, if you're in charge of the Lakers, like what what is your, your path out here?
3: That that is a good question. I, I think I've floated out the idea of moving Anthony Davis before on this pod. It's just wh- you're you're going to resign you're resigning the fact that you would almost be starting from scratch with LeBron and just hoping he doesn't leave or trying to find a way to trade him like next year which is like that's that's so hard to even conceive of um that it's it's tough to discuss but I I think I think all possibilities are on the table I think they do have to genuinely think about um we have to have conversations with LeBron about, does he want to be here? We're more than willing uh, to keep you here, but we got to do what's best for the rest of the roster, Um, which might be getting max value for, this isn't max value for AD, but getting, you know, something back for AD. Um, It's tough to say. We'll even, I mean, there are teams that would definitely trade for AD. It's just, I don't know. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a tough, he's a tough guy to evaluate because of his injury history, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I think AD, with the exception of
2: the bubble, has definitively proven that he's not a a team carrier. You know, I think in New Orleans, he he somewhat got the benefit of the doubt with with so much changing around him and never really having a a great team around him. He has, you know, arguably the greatest player ever around him now, and he's just not a needle mover. You know, like the numbers are there. Like there are certain nights where you you definitely see it. You, you totally get why he was a top seventy five player uh, of all time, but uh, he's not the type of guy that you can lean on um, in the way that LeBron has kind of always been seeking that number two guy, you know, I, I think he thought it was Dwayne Wade and then he deteriorated. He thought it was Kyrie. Uh, we know what happened there. I think he thought it would be Davis and, and Davis just is not interested or ready uh, or ever going to be ready. I think to be a guy who, who really carries a team. I mean, I, I felt like his final stat line last night looked good. He was invisible out there. Like he was yeah. not making an impact for, for most of that game. It was wild. And that was a Clippers team that was depleted as well. I mean, it's not like you're going up against, um you know, some juggernaut there. So, I mean, they're not, they're not even beating the bad teams at this point. Um, you know, Chris Haynes noted that there's a split within the organization as to whether doing the trade to to get Turner and Heald would even move the needle. I think that's fair. I, I it's definitely it, it, maybe it does. You know, maybe, maybe those guys are great fits and they they unlock some spacing and and the Lakers start winning games. But you know, nobody can say that for sure. Uh, you know, Haynes also noted that that they still covet Bradley Beal and they're they're secretly hoping that Brad Beal tries to force his way out. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, but the most interesting tidbit from that article is uh, I'm quoting here with Russell Westbrook thriving in his new role as a sixth man. The Lakers are now receiving calls about his availability. Sources say, but talks are not at a serious stage.
3: <laughs> who's calling? Tell us who's calling to get Russell Westbrook on their team right now. Just casual conversations. Um, <laughs> I don't really I don't know, man. I, I don't really know what to make of it. He he is leading the six man odds right now, which I am. That I am begging, I am begging you, listener, to not make that bet for for the love of God. Well, uh, so counterpoint,
2: I, I feel like Westbrook can now like make that his goal, you know, winning six man, and you know, like he'll, he'll be like really upset if he doesn't win it. And then like the raw stats are there, sadly. Um, well, yeah, yeah,
3: but he's playing thirty minutes a game. It's like I, yeah, you know. I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's in the same way that like Tyler Hero played 30 minutes a game, but won six man of the year last year, but the team also the, the heat were good. That's the thing. Like winning Sixth man of the year on a team that is right now they're two and nine. So best case scenario, what 35 wins. I don't know. Uh, winning a six man on a team like that is just basically impossible. Um, I don't even obviously that, that was so jarring. I don't even remember yeah, what the you- original question was.
2: It would be especially funny because he was demoted to six man, like winning six man yeah. of the year <laughs> yeah. after being demoted. <laughs> you didn't right. want to be the six man. Yeah. Um, well, I, we, we could just move on from the Lakers in general. Okay. I, just, I wanted, I wanted to canvas your thoughts on that. Uh, you know, not much to say at this juncture, but it's, it's really bad. And I, it, it really is starting to feel like, uh, the Lakers are going to hand uh, a high lottery pick, potentially a top three pick to the Pelicans, which would be a, a hilarious way for all this to go down. And I, I think that's, what's going to happen. I, I don't see a turnaround coming. The NBA is back. On behalf of Vivid Seats, let's get one thing clear. Nothing beats seeing your favorite team beat every other team live and in person to the sound of thousands of screaming fans. Vivid Seats believes that real fans deserve to be rewarded and that you deserve a ticketing platform that not only makes it easy to find great deals, but also rewards you all season long. Vivid Seats is the only ticketing company where you can earn rewards with every purchase. No one else has that. They even have a 100% buyer guarantee that your ticket will be as legit as your love for the game. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today and use our promo code ROTOWIRE for $10 off your first purchase of at least hundred dollars. Again, that promo code is ROTOWIRE, R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E for $10 off your first hundred dollar ticket purchase. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Experience it live. Coach of the year is really interesting. And we we talked about this on the XM show a little bit as well. I love JB Bickerstaff at seven to one. I totally understand why Will Hardy is the favorite at five to one. I mean, this, he meets all the criteria for the, the typical guy who wins coach of the year. That's for sure. You know, much better than they thought they'd be. Doesn't have that talented of a roster early in his tenure. He checks all the boxes. I just don't think there's enough value there. And I think there's enough risk that, Utah makes some moves to fall back that I would not bet that. But I think Bickerstaff at seven to one is a great bet. I think Joe Missoula at nine to one is a great bet. I don't know that I would bet Mike Budenholzer at nine to one. I don't really see it. You know, he's, I, I believe he's won this award already, right? If once, if not twice, and you know, everybody thought the bucks would be good. So I, I don't know what he'd really be getting rewarded for.
3: Yeah, the Bucks. Yeah, exactly. I I think the Bucks will have to win like sixty games and be definitively the best team in the NBA. And um, you know, they got obviously they're off to a strong start, but they've had the second easiest schedule in the NBA by a pretty significant margin. Uh, so I don't, you know, um, the Bickerstaff. I think Bickerstaff. I would rather back on Bickerstaff than than Hardy. Even though I I think the Bickerstaff. You know, I I coach of the year is tough because the the Cavs being good is more about the acquisition of Mitchell, right? It's not it's not as much about what JB Bickerstaff is doing, I don't think. While on the other hand, yes, Danny Ainge made all these moves for, for the jazz front office to get these guys uh on the court for Utah, right? It's like a completely different team. However, I feel like Will Hardy is doing more coaching up than Bickerstaff is. The problem is, um if you believe that the Utah will attempt to start losing games or trade these guys off and start uh featuring Nikhil Alexander Walker and Taylor Norton Tucker and guys like that, then this is sort of a bet that is um it's not it's kind of like you're holding a grenade in a way. It's like it could really yeah. just blow up. Yeah, that's
2: a good way to put it. I mean what is the the threshold of wins that Utah needs to get to for him to to really have a chance here, like I think the the fewest wins ever in a full season for a coach of the year was 41 by Doc Rivers. I just I don't know if I buy that the Jazz like if if at at this point I mean we're 50 of the way in and they're they're a good team like they are definitely a team that can contend for a playoff spot if they want. I just don't think they want to. You know, like I I feel like at some point there's going to be a hard correction here, whether that means sitting guys, whether that means trading guys, and if, fair or not, it's just going to knock him out of the race, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, I I think we got to give it another month or so. Uh, Certainly the jazz aren't backing off it uh, anytime soon. What about Willie green, Taylor Jenkins? Those guys are 12 to one Chauncey Phillips, 14 to one, maybe a little bit of interest there. Jacques Vaughn, 20 to one.
3: Um, I, you know, like I mentioned to me, I'm looking at guys who the roster didn't change that much roster hasn't changed that much in Memphis. So if they, you know, pop off for, for if they end up near the top of the Western conference, I think he would deserve it. Um, yeah. and obviously Moransky getting MVP consideration. Portland's roster changed a little bit, but not so much that, you know, they got Jeremy Grant and Josh Hart and stuff like that. Um, you know, Monty Williams, the hasn't changed at all for them. So those are the kind of guys I, I think it's, easier for the narrative to be crafted sure. for them. And that's why in that tier, I think those are good options. I think with
2: Memphis, like the roster maybe got worse. You, you kind of replaced yeah. some veterans with some young players. So yeah, if anything, I, I think Taylor Jenkins uh, case is strengthened by what they did this off season. And I, I think he should have won it last year. Um, you know, I get why he didn't, but I, I think he's, he's still a pretty good bet here, uh, especially if the Cavs were to cool off, but, but Bickerstaff would be my guy as of right now.
4: and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three make this your companion podcast during the playoffs listen to the old man and the three ad free on Wondery plus or wherever you get your podcasts
1: whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring podcasts on the blue wire network
2: All right, let's keep jumping around the league. Uh, we got a bunch of random topics we want to get to. Uh, we've already hit the first three, so we're off to a hot start. Uh, next on the list, the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> what is going on, man? Uh, they're getting trash talked by Devin Booker last night. Uh, you know, <laughs> it was audible uh, in the arena. Him telling them, "Like you guys don't play as a team. We play as a team. That's why we're beating <laughs> you without Chris Paul." Um, I mean, man, this is. I feel like they've already had like a full season's worth of drama in three weeks.
3: They, um, yeah, their defense is actually worse. No, only if their defense is the same as last year. One hundred and eleven points per one hundred possessions for the for the opposing team. Uh, their offense is worse. Yeah, man, they just uh, they don't they don't mesh well on off like Towns and uh, Gobert. I don't hate them fit offensively as much as I do defensively. Towns just cannot guard the perimeter. Man, he does not have lag real quickness. He doesn't have any sort of quickness. He's not a good athlete. Um, that's a problem. It's fine when he's out there spacing threes in the perimeter and playing pick and pop, but you know, and then you got Anthony Edwards, who Kat said he came into season out of shape. I also thought Anthony Edwards came into season a little out of shape, but um, I don't think that's It's not, you know, he's also mad that Gobert's clogging the lane now. D'Angelo Russell hasn't been good. The bench is terrible. I don't know what fixes this. Like, I don't know if they have to fire the coach. They may, they're, I think they're slowly. Not slowly, I mean, rapidly approaching the point where they have to consider a coaching change because if they, you know, they're five and seven right now, which is not disastrous, right? Plenty of teams have started five and seven and have have turned around. But if they end up like 16 and 21 or something like that, by that point in the year, then they have to really, you know, they just committed so much. They have to change whatever they feel like they can.
2: Yeah, you talk about a coach who it, it seemed like was maybe set up to be in a great spot to win coach of the year. I mean, Chris Finch is sixty to one at this point. He's the same odds <laughs> as Darvin Ham. Ah, uh, yeah, it's been it's been rough, man. And yeah, I, I think it feels like yeah, the coach would maybe be the first domino to fall. I I think if you're a team like the Lakers or, or another team looking to potentially make an in season deal, you are watching the Timberwolves very closely uh, to see what happens with with Towns and Edwards specifically. It 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 just doesn't seem like those guys really get along all that well. there's they've already been kind of trading barbs in the media, uh, pretty unnecessarily, if you ask me. This early in the season. And um, I don't know. I, I feel like Towns, you know, we we've kind of go through this every year with him where the numbers look good, uh, but but what it matters, you know, we, we saw him in the playoffs, it was a disaster. And he, he's kind of a tougher guy to play with than he should be, given his skill set. Um, and you know, I mean, the fact that it's spilling over into the media three weeks into the year multiple times is not a great sign.
3: It's not. I mean, in town's this is Gotta be his worst season. This is his worst season of his career, I think, so far. Yeah, I mean, fantasy wise, it's the worst season of his career. But you even look at his rookie year, and he was blocking 1.7 shots a game, 11 mm-hmm. boards a game. You know what I mean? Like, almost three offensive rebounds. It's like it's. I don't. I don't know what you do, man. It's crazy that they. I, I get what they were trying to do. They're like, let's just get talent. We think we have a good team, considering what they were able to accomplish last year but the, the fit of the guy's personalities and, yeah. and on court just is not, it's not good. It's not good right now. I don't know what you do. Like, I don't, you, you don't think they consider trading Anthony Edwards, do they? They're like, what if we can trade Edwards for like a win now? Uh, but like who, like, I, I don't know who that is. Right.
2: I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think towns would be the easier piece to trade because I think you could talk yourself into like, Hey, we've, you know, we're, we're in year eight of the Carl towns experiment, uh, at this point. And It's just not working, you know. With Edwards, I I think there would always be that that inkling in the back of your mind of like, are we trading a guy who is going to be a first team All NBA guy for the next ten years? You know, like if I'm Minnesota, I feel like I've seen it with Towns, and he's good, but he's not great. And with Edwards, I I think he's still young enough that I I don't. I I would I would rather see it through with him, I guess. And and you know, with Gobert, they're basically locked in; they're they're not going to trade him again. I I think if they're going to trade Edwards, it would have to be Edwards, you know, really making a mess of this and kind of pushing his way out, which I don't really see happening, but you never know. I, I think if, if if one of those three guys is off the team by midseason, I would say towns is by far the most likely.
3: That makes I think that makes more sense. The question yeah. is who's who's trading for towns? Like I,
2: the, <sighs> the Lakers, maybe Bringing Russell Westbrook to, to Minnesota. No, I don't know. you somebody yeah. would take him, right? It it depends. I think the the bigger question is what do you get for towns? You know, are you getting are you getting an Anthony Davis like package? I, I don't I really have no idea. It, he's a really difficult guy to value.
3: Well, you need a win now piece, right? Because you have Gobert still, unless yeah, you are going right. to tank with Anthony Edwards and then trade Gobert this summer.
2: Well, well, it depends. I, I think you know. I, I don't think you are looking at this as a complete reset. I, 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 let's say you are ten games under five hundred at the trade deadline, and you are like, clearly, we're not doing anything this year. Uh, clearly, this core isn't going to work. I think you could try to reset on the fly. Um, so I, I'm not saying like you you what you want a bunch of picks necessarily like Davis. I'm just saying like in terms of total return, you oh. know, or, or you know, like what like does he come in somewhere between like the Davis and the Donovan Mitchell
3: package? Um, uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, he's worse know. than AD. He's worse than Donovan Mitchell. I, I don't know. Maybe it's the same and that they, you know, they overpaid for Gobert, So that's set the market in a weird spot.
2: Yeah. I think you'd have to find a team that, you know, has, has like a, a guy who's slightly older and more proven and a better fit, but a, a team that is also, you know, one willing to take on towns, but is, is also, you know, needs some sort of spark because towns is only 26. Like you're not, you're not offloading like a 33 year old here. Uh, so I don't think you necessarily need to rebuild, but it's also, has, it's gotta be a team that, you know, feels like it needs a reset because at that point, you know, if we, if we get to the, the point the season where the Timberwolves are trading towns, you know, that means his value is probably at its lowest point since he came into the league. So I, I don't know, man. I mean, you, <laughs> maybe you dangle him for like a Kevin Durant package. I, it, it, it's out there. I don't know. I mean, like how many other teams would offer a better single asset than Carl Anthony Towns for, for Durant?
3: I, I don't know, but we've seen teams turn down that kind of guy in the past, right? Like when we all thought yeah. Ben Simmons was sort of that guy, the Rockets were like, no, thank you. Yeah, we will, we will take the picks.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Ironically, maybe you could flip him to Chicago for Zach Levine. You know, it's, it's gotta be yeah. another team. it's gotta be another team that's kind of floating in the middle.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, that would put it next to Vucevic, and then the issues begin again. Yeah, right. Although that's a five-out offense, still. So yeah. th- at least on offense, that would start to make a little more sense.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's if another obvious one. Not really, but we'll uh, we'll revisit this uh, at some point. That is for sure. Um, all right, let's talk about some some buy low or, or sell high guys. Excuse me, in fantasy, and I feel like we've we've already done some uh, some uh, sell highs over the last couple of weeks, so we could focus mostly on buy lows. Is there anybody that you have off the top of your head who you find yourself, you know, kind of hoping you could maybe swindle in a trade at some point?
3: Um, well, a lot of these guys, unfortunately kind of got like, they started playing a little better and then got picked up. Um, you know, I think, I think there was an opportunity to try to get in on like Keegan Murray, maybe before he played. And this still might actually be an opportunity to get in on him because he's not, not playing like that well he's ranked like 100th right now um i don't know i mean i think you know pj washington is someone i would maybe consider as as a buy low i think actually the addition of Lamelo could help him because Mm -hmm. he's someone who like pj washington doesn't create his own shot right so the better the more passers around him the less attention on him the better um he's a guy that's in there for me
2: I mean, Edwards, I think is in there for me. He's, he's like hanging around 90th overall. Like he has not been great for fantasy, taking a ton of shots, not shooting that great. You know, the, the, the free throw percentage is what's really killing you. He's under 70% at the line, but I, I, you just have to assume that that's going to get better. Um, you know, Scotty Barnes is not off to the greatest start for fantasy. I I don't really think anybody's trying to offload him by any means. Um, yeah, it, it, it really is difficult. I I think Kate Cunningham kind of struggling, had a terrible game yeah. last night. He's in the seventies.
3: I think there's some room for maybe like Deandre Aiton. Sure. Uh, who hasn't played necessarily well, but I think has just like a really high yep. floor as a player. And
2: that's a good um, one.
3: Yeah. Marcus smart has kind of had kind of a weird season so far. Uh, 39% from the field passing really well, but it just, it feels a little inconsistent. He like was borderline, not startable for the beginning of the year. Yep. Um, has picked it up a little more lately and, and, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's another guy.
2: Yeah, Keegan Murray was top of my list. We, we hit him right away. I mean, even Jeremy Grant is outside the top 100. It, it feels like his highs have been really high this year. It's been a little inconsistent. Uh, but overall, I think he's one of those guys who, for the most part, stays healthy, gives you a really nice floor. Um, you know, if somebody's dangling him in a trade, I, I would not mind grabbing him. I, I think he could jump another 20, maybe 30 spots if everything breaks right. Would, but I, I don't think he finishes the season outside the top 100.
3: Would you grab LeBron if someone was dangling him?
2: Uh well, I, I do have LeBron in in one league. So I unfortunately, you know, now considering what's up with this groin injury, I think I would. I mean, you have to keep in mind that LeBron is very set on breaking the scoring record. And yes. I think he's pretty I wouldn't say he's content with this Lakers team, but I think this year's all about the scoring record. I think he knew what he was getting himself into when he signed that extension this summer. Um, I, I think he probably hoped that this roster would be better than it is. And I, I think there's still gonna be a lot of pressure from LeBron and clutch to improve this roster as the year goes along. So I I think right now it feels like this can't go any lower. We'll see. I mean, I I think they're going to keep losing, you know, three out of four games for the foreseeable future, but uh, LeBron's going to push through and play because he really wants to break this record and and his numbers have been fine outside of the three point shooting. um, You know, he, he looks like the same guy to me for the most part. Um, so yeah, I, I, would be okay with it, you know, as long as I'm not giving up too much, of course, but I, I'd buy low on LeBron. I think the shooting's going to come around, you know, he's not, he's not going to shoot 20% from three all year.
3: Yeah. It's like, the question is what sort of guarantee do you want in return? Right. Do you just want, like, yeah. I want a top 40 player. That's all I really care about at this point. Like top 40, top 30 player. Like, can I get Jalen Brown? Can I even get, can I get Rudy Gobert from somebody?
2: Yeah. Mm yeah it? gobert's an interesting one like it 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 feels like he's off to a slow start and he is but he also had some like monster games at the beginning of the year like his, his his highs have been really high as well like he has he has a ton of like big rebound games like the blocks have been down a little bit uh he's had some games where he's been in foul trouble like I'm still I'm still pretty bullish on gobert uh I would not be looking to offload him but yeah Jalen Brown versus LeBron is a really interesting one because LeBron historically is the better fantasy player but at this point in his career he's significantly less reliable from a health standpoint, but he also has a much higher ceiling if, if things do break. Right.
3: Right. Personally. I mean, I, I asked a question. I think I would, I, I think I would rather have Jalen Brown, but hmm. it's a tough, I just, I just think it's going to get the point with the Lakers season, which it is already, where it's just, LeBron's going to be running into a wall every single game, but younger already yeah. So it's like what he's, he can only do so much. And I, I worry that, he's going to resort to either just like chucking up crazy amounts of threes. Yeah. Or, you know, he's just to screw up his field goal percentage probably. And it's, it's not going to be as good as you would think.
2: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, the thing with Jalen Brown, it, it kind of depends what kind of team you have or, you know, what your, what your context is, because I, I think if I, if I'm like off to a really good start and I have LeBron, I think I'd, I'd flip up for Jalen Brown. Cause I, I think Jalen Brown gives me a better chance to maintain that good start and, and not fall off. But I mean, Jalen Brown is under three assists per game. He's just not really getting better in that regard. Uh, not really giving you much on defense. He's under a steal per game. He's at a half a block per game, but the percentages are really good. You know, high volume, 85% at the line. That helps offset it. So I, you know, if, if I'm looking for stability, I, I'm leaning toward Jalen Brown. For sure. Um, where, where are you at on Brad Beal, by the way, right now? I, I know you grabbed him in, in at least one league. I don't think I ended up with any Beal, uh, not really by my own doing. I, I was happy to take him, but it feels like he's, Kind of settling back in. The percentages are are very good. 52% from the field, 92% at the line. Uh, but overall, the the scoring is down. He's, he's hovering around 21 points per game. Um, not really looking like he's gonna get back to being that that 30 point per game guy that he was a couple years ago.
3: Right. Unfortunately, I do have LeBron and Beal in the same league, and um that's tough. Uh yeah, I mean you Beal looking a little better, but is just not taking over the way that that um Yeah, I was relatively optimistic on Beal. I was taking him around like the 30 range. I thought that was fair. He's shooting really well, like you mentioned. The the main concern for me is just the straight up, the usage rate is low. Like last year, we talked about how bad of a year he had last year. He was still at 32% usage. This year, he's at 27% usage. And five five percentage points, as far as a a usage drop-off, is massive. Um, So I'm a little worried that his... I mean, his floor is relatively. Obviously, he, he's just a high floor guy at this point, right? Like, he's the number one guy in the Wizards. He could only dip so low in terms of usage rate and everything like that. But I think his ceiling is essentially gone. I think there's no chance he's like a top. It shocked me if he was top 20 this year if he finished there. That'd be really surprising.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think he. Luckily, you didn't have to pay that kind of price this year. So if he finishes. Somewhere between thirty and forty five, I think you're okay with that, given the the amount of uh, inherent risk that there was. Uh, but yeah, it, it, he feels like somebody that you know kind of got hurt and has just been passed up by a bunch of guys. I mean, he was he was in the debate you know two three years ago as a borderline top ten player in the league. Like I've have, I have not heard Brad Beal talked about in that context in a very long time.
3: Nope. Yeah, he did kind of get passed up. By everybody else. It's just it seems like he's it's just really bizarre where he. Uh, all signs point to him. He's com- he's content just staying in Washington and, and being yeah. the number one guy and just kind of putting up numbers. And I don't know if this is him like settling into the fact that he's that guy and just being like, all right, I'm going to run on autopilot for the rest of my just career on the Washington Joe Lewis.
2: Johnson mode.
3: Yep. I'm putting up 24 a game for five, six more years on this team. Yep. I would love to see him on another team where he's the number two option, or he might be yep. more of a number three for a title team right now, but um, it's weird.
2: I think it'll happen at some point. You know, I, I, a lot of guys have, have said they want to be that guy. And, and Damian Lillard's like the only one who's actually followed through with it into his 30s. Uh, so, so we'll see on Beal. But yeah, I mean, it, it felt like a couple of years ago, he was he was kind of in that debate with like Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. And I think a lot of people would have leaned Beal at the time, especially when he was scoring 30 a game back to back years. And those guys have just blown past him, right? I mean, it's like if somebody said, who would okay. you rather have Devin Booker or Brad Beal? I mean, that would be almost 100% Booker.
3: Oh, it's no question right now. No, that was a different conversation three years ago.
2: Right, right. Um, Okay, a couple more to get to, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Any faith in the Sacramento Kings who uh, make it a little bit of a run here. You know, they had that crushing loss against Golden State the other night. Uh, Obviously, a bad call uh, that that, that kind of marred that one. They played the Heat really closely about a week ago. And then uh, last night, you know, pulled off a really nice win over the Cleveland Cavaliers at home. Uh, Four and six, all of a sudden, are, are the Kings after starting Oh and four. I, I was never on the Kings. I know there's a lot of Kings buzz coming into the year. I just they're not a team that I ever trust. Um, but but are are you starting to believe whatsoever that this could be a, a potential playoff or play in team?
3: Uh well, play in is possible. Um sure. given the West, but I don't I don't really believe in them. And to me, it's hard to believe in a team that just is bad on defense, and they are bad on defense. Like they're 27th right now in um in defensive rating. It's just Wait, it's Kings. No. no. I know. I know. It's tough when you have Sabonis back there. It just is. Like it's just he's not, he's not a stopper. Um, and like again, we 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 like what we see from Keegan Murray and Herder is on fire shooting 51% from the field on seven attempts per game. Uh, what happens when Herder stops shooting 50% from three? Um what happens if De'Aaron Fox's percentages come back down to earth? Um, it's just, you know, like, will Malik Monk keep playing? Monk is on pace to have like the best season of his career this year. Maybe it happens, but, um, their bench also is terrible. Like, again, they have bad, they have bad defense and bad bench. It's kind of like Minnesota where it's like the, like the person who has played the eighth most minutes on their team is Trey Lyles person who's seventh most minutes on their team. Davion Mitchell is just the backup point guard to De'Aaron Fox, who's always going to be on the court. Um, Rashad Holmes doesn't even play anymore. So no, I, I am not a believer actually.
2: I, it does feel like Fox is, you know, playing way above his level at this point. And, and maybe this is the year that he, he finally steps it up. I mean, I, it just kind of felt like his, his development had stagnated the last couple of years and I, I was not really expecting this, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, the percentages are significantly Better, uh, you know. I mean, he's shooting like seven, eight percentage points better from three. He's like six percentage points up in terms of field goal percentage. The free throw percentage is up a, a huge amount, seventy-five to eighty-seven percent. And we have enough volume now that uh, it's it's more than just like a you know a hot one or two games to begin the year. I mean, we're nine, ten games into the season. He's shooting eighty-seven percent at the line. I, I don't know. To me, that this has the feel of like the Julius Randall breakout season a couple of years ago.
3: Yeah, it does, and I. I mean, I think one thing, another concern about the Kings, they don't, they don't have like a blowout win or anything yet. They're just kind of in every game. Like mm-hmm. at their biggest win this season. What is, uh, if I'm reading this right, eight points, seven points. So, you know, teams that are really good, they they have a tendency to at least get like one big win here and there. And they just, they've kind of been, they lose by six, they win by four kind of a thing. And, mm-hmm. um, they just hang around.
2: Yeah. All right. That, that sounds like we're, we're in agreement that we are out on the Kings as of right now. Uh, we, we do reserve the right as always, uh, to, to revisit this, but yeah, I'm, I'm not a believer quite yet. Um, Lori marketing most improved player buzz for Lori Markkinen, and, and rightfully so. I, I think he has, he's individually been one of the biggest surprises of the year. Obviously, uh, the jazz as a team, uh, have, have kind of earned that distinction as well, but, uh, plus 450 right now over at the DK Sportsbook, uh, just behind SGA in the odds for most improved player.
3: Why not? Uh, as, as someone who's always liked marketing, this is, um, this is actually the best year of my life. Um, I think, you know, his. it's, he's some. he's been someone who's, he's kind of been between positions, um, but has always been a good shooter, seven feet tall, actually a pretty good athlete. Like we'll dunk on people. We'll push and transition, he's a pretty versatile player. I mean, he's not like a great passer or anything, but um, you know, everyone thought Colin Sexing was going to be the number one option, but I think Will Hardy just kind of realized, like I think marketing might be our most versatile player and just like overall, our most skilled player on the roster. So let's lean on him. And um, it's working. The The thing is, you know, when we're talking about the actual most improved player award, you and I have discussed this in the past, but it's, it's almost always this player went from being like close to an all-star to like firm all-star. Like this is a name you have to know now, Uh yeah. household. And SGA is more of that than Markkinen is. Even though I would argue the leap for Markkinen might be bigger and more significant to his team's success. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I think you're right. I I think Markkinen has definitely made the bigger leap in terms of what was this guy doing last year, how was he viewed last year, to what is he doing this year, how is he viewed this year. Um, But yeah, it feels yeah SGA I think more fits the profile of the guys who win this award. You know, it's somebody who's kind of already ascending. Like nobody, even if you were kind of bullish on Markkinen for fantasy coming to Utah, I don't think anybody was saying like this guy has a legit chance to be in the All Star game. Whereas with SGA, you've always felt that. It's just like he's been injured. He's been on a bad team. Um, Like all it takes. I think SGA could have won this award multiple times already if he just played enough games. So if he plays 70 games this year and the Thunder, you know, don't hold him out after the all-star break. I think it's absolutely his award to lose because he's a better player than marketing. And I think right or wrong, that also factors in to this decision-making process. Like you look at some of the names who've won this award. um, I mean, it's it's John Morant. Brandon Ingram, Pascal Siakam, Giannis, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, like guys who went on uh, and were perennial all-stars after that. There are a few sprinkled in there that are more closely aligned to marketing. Like for example, Ryan Anderson won this award with the magic in 2012. Like that, that kind of closely aligns with what we're seeing for marketing.
3: Yeah. But that was back in 2012. Yeah. I think, those I are think, different days. I think they were though. I think, I think, honestly, I think part of this is media members are more conscious about not wanting to get burned on this award. Like, I don't want to vote Markinen most improved player this year. And two, three years from now, he's just like a sixth man on a fine team. You know, I think think people want to be like, I, this guy is a, like, this guy will be a superstar. I will not get burned on this pick. And SGA is that guy. But again, you have to hit a wins minimum, I think, which is probably like 30. I think that's what the Pelicans won when Brandon Ingram won it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I think the Thunder can reach 30 wins. That's not, that's not a problem in my opinion, for them. It's just, do they want to, that whole discussion. So I guess in a weird way, it might be more risky, but Utah also has those concerns. The difference is just that they're off to a 10-3 and start.
2: Yeah. I will say six of the last eight players to win this award made the All-Star game that season. So that's usually a pretty good indication. The exceptions are Siakam, ironically, who I feel like had a monster year in 18-19, but didn't quite make it. Um, And then CJ McCollum in 15-16 who is, at that point was just a victim of the West being super deep
3: right right.
2: Yeah, we'll see I mean marketing if you, if you took if you did the vote for all-star right now, I think Laurie marketing would be in the game somehow. Uh, we'll see if that's the, if that's the case come mid-February uh, but but I, I totally get the case for marketing. Uh, we'll cut it off there uh, you know, we had a couple more topics we wanted to get to but um, you know you'll be back tomorrow with Ken and Shannon uh, plenty to chat about after a busy Thursday night. In the NBA, you guys will talk waiver wire as always, and you can find uh, parts of that podcast over at the RotoWire YouTube channel. Um, Alex, good chat with you, man, and we'll do it again next week.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.